0: Join me on March 14th as I'm joined by Condé Nast Traveler's senior editor, Megan Spirell, to share a behind-the-scenes peek into the making of our Women Who Travel power list. But there's so much more waiting for you in the full article, from film directors to war journalists to wildlife ecologists, these women are reshaping the travel landscape and leaving a lasting impact on the world. Tune in to hear why Megan and myself are so excited about the 15 women we've chosen to highlight. Subscribe to cntraveler.com today to access the complete list and be inspired by their incredible journeys. And for a limited time, our listeners can unlock everything Traveller has to offer for just $5. Simply use code POD5. That's P-O-D-5 at checkout. To access exclusive travel insights, breathtaking destinations, and invaluable tips to fuel your adventure spirit. All for just $5. And remember, every adventure starts with just one step. Join us in celebrating the power of women in travel. Visit cntraveler.com today.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. A lot of people spend a lot of money on things like skincare, fast fashion, and even surgery, all in the name of self-improvement. But as the price of perfection rises, when is it time to call it quits? I'm Rima Hreis, host of This Is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace. This season, we dig deep into the financial trappings of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts. I love this. I'm
0: talking to a few different people, so I feel like I'm speed dating. (laughs) But just for travel stories, so there's no pressure on my end. Hello, welcome to a special mini-episode of Women Who Travel. I'm Lale Arikoglu. This month, we're taking a break from our typical episode schedule. Instead, you'll be hearing some phone calls between our listeners and me about travels they've taken in search of something. Last week, I spoke with Sunel about a food reunion 20 years in the making. And this week, camping gone awry with a phone call from Jamie...
1: I want to love camping. I want to love it so much. I feel like I need more nature in my life. I'm happier when I'm outside and at scenic places and hiking. I love it. I love it. It, I feel so good when I'm outside. But my few attempts at camping have been so awful that I can't, (laughs) I'm done. And and in fact, yes, just last night, I was talking to a friend of mine who said she's going to go canoe camping in the boundary waters of Canada, like up near the border of Wisconsin. It sounds intense. And I was like, canoe camping? I'm like, that would be amazing. And then I was like, oh my God, I'd be so miserable. What, a, <laughs> what canoe? Ca- like just everything is in your canoe? I- picture that in the rain and with bears and you know oh my gosh no and with all your stuff yeah no 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 no.
0: before we get into the challenges of the outdoors and all the reasons that you just listed off as to why it seems like maybe you know you in the outdoors you just you're not meshing right now you haven't found your you haven't found your rhythm but you said that it makes you really happy why does it make you happy
1: it does. I don't know. There's just something about being outside. It do, it it's like stress relieving, and I don't know. It's you just breathe better, and you're just I don't know. I, 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 it's hard to kind of put into words how I feel about it. But it's as someone who lives in an urban area, there's just something about just seeing the great wide open and no people and and trees and grass and flowers and you know, wild animals and wild flowers. And it just, it's so appealing and it's so beautiful. And I want to emerge myself in it more than just for a day hike.
0: So tell me about one of these camping trips.
1: What was your vision for it? And then what was the reality? So my very first camping trip, and this goes back to 1999, was in a field in Manchester, Tennessee, It was a music festival called Ichiku Park, which eventually became Bonnaroo.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Also, just full disclosure, I've only ever camped at a music festival, so it's all I know.
1: Okay, so then you'll be able to relate to this completely. (laughs) This was a big open field in the summer in Tennessee, in the rural Tennessee. It was so hot. It was so, like, there was just a couple of porta-potties Everyone was drinking heavily. Every, there was loud music. We were all kind of on top of each other. I remember um, my husband, he was just my boyfriend at the time, but the porta potties were so gross that as like a sign of how much he cared for me, he made mittens on his hands out of toilet paper. And wipe down the porta potty for oh me before God, I went in. And I'm like, an This angel. is the guy for me. I know. I think that's the most this romantic thing me. I've ever heard. <laughs> so um yeah, it was um really super nasty. Drunk people like falling asleep with their, you know, music blasting, you know, just hot, dirty. Um, the music was great. Um, when we went to the concerts but like you don't eat well when you camp you eat like hot dogs and I don't it's I don't know s'mores fine but like you can't eat s'mores three times a day and when it's that hot who wants to build a campfire
0: well and also my vision of s'mores is you know in some like beautiful Forest, or maybe not because you're probably not supposed to have a fire in a forest, but some beautiful rural setting that I'm camping at that isn't next to a portal. loo Right, right. Where my husband's had to make me mittens.
1: To right, touch. toilet paper yes. mittens, right. So our next camping attempt after that was in the Grand Canyon. And I was like, now this is going to be great. You must
0: have been like, now this is camping.
1: (laughs) Right. I'm like, that was just a music festival, right? This is going to be like camping in a national park. This is going to be fantastic. Well, as you probably know, like to even get this spot, like we had to plan like a year in advance, right, to get the spot. We go and it is, it was certainly more remote and more pretty, but there were still a lot of people around. and, um we had, you know, all your food has to be hung up, you know, for the because of the bears. So you can't, like put a protein bar in your tent with you or for the middle of the night or not that I would eat that. But, like, you know, like everything has to be hung up. But we, again, the weather was our enemy. It just rained and rained and rained. And we were trying to keep everything in the tent, but like water was getting in the tent. The sleeping bags were getting wet. The food, which is hanging from a tree, is getting wet. We ended up sleeping in the car. It oh, was no. horrible. <laughs> like, because who? Nobody sleeps in the car. And and with all your stuff, uh, uh, and so anyway, the next morning it had kind of like cleared up. We're trying to hang our sleeping bags so they dry out, and just everything. And then and then it kind of rained off and on during the day, so everything was wet the whole time. Um, the food, like we, tr- you know, we couldn't cook. You can't start a fire in the rain. And all of our food was like stuck, like we can't eat raw hot dogs or, you know, it was just, we couldn't eat. Everything was been hanging was wet. up in that tree, getting it's wet. Hanging up in the tree, <laughs> getting wet. Cause I don't, I, may, you know, I think maybe the problem, maybe we didn't have the right equipment and that maybe was our fail here, you know, or maybe it was a certain, I, I don't know, certainly camping in the summer is not for the meek. Um, you know, the time of year. I I don't know how to handle the the weather. Um, But so
0: you had all these learnings, though, and then you went camping again.
1: Right. So you must have felt
0: like, okay, we we're not novices now. We can learn from our mistakes.
1: Right. We know how to put up a tent now. We know, like, what kind of foods to bring and not bring. But again, you're still bringing so much stuff. Like, you're You just have to bring things to cook with, things to start a fire with, Uh, you know, a pad for your bed, your pillow, your, you know, it's just so much to carry and bring. I don't know how these people do it in tiny little backpacks and go for two weeks. Or in canoes. Or canoes, right. And I mean, that's just a level I don't know if I can ever achieve. So I would say the Grand Canyon was better. We did end up in a hotel on night two. Again, everything soaking wet, just... But funny enough, because there were no hotel rooms left, we ended up getting just a a hotel with one bed, and so two of us had to sleep on the floor. So we're like, we're camping, Um, of of a holiday (laughs) inn, like a really grungy holiday inn.
0: That's like when you sort of say to your parents that you want to go camping, and they set the tent up like in the living room or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, and then um, a third camping attempt involved, like... um, it was in a place called Santa Claus, Indiana. It's a small town in Southern Indiana. We were with the kids and, um, it was like, uh, it was like trailers. And again, we had like a hundred degree day. So you don't want to start a campfire. And then what's there to do at night if you don't have a campfire. So we're sitting in this unair conditioned trailer. We're all sweating. Everyone was miserable. I don't know. So I obviously been paying close attention to a lot of the new glamping options. Okay,
0: so I was going to ask, because as you know, I'm, I'm also not a good camper. Again, it's only been music festivals, but one of my many mistakes was I borrowed some sleeping bags and forgot to look at, I didn't think to check the size, and then realized they were children's sleeping bags. <laughs> so I spent three days at Reading Festival in England, curled up, sleeping in a child's <laughs> sleeping bag. And I'm not the tallest person, but I'm not the height of an eight-year-old. Right, right. <laughs> so I've realized I'm more of a glamping girl. So have you tried it?
1: I have not. But, you know, do you think glamping is cheating, though? Is that real camping if you have, you know, 600 thread count sheets and a pillow top mattress and a bathroom? That, is that camping? No. You're just staying in an airy hotel. I've been thinking about this. So
0: it is cheating. I'm not going to call it camping. I'm not setting up that yurt or whatever it is by myself. And if you're sleeping in a real bed, it's not camping, right? But what you said earlier at the start kind of got me thinking because what it sounds like is it's not the, the sleeping in the tent that you want to connect with or, or anything like that. It's You want to be outside and you want to be in nature and you want it to be more than a day hike. And glamping allows you to do that. And you won't end up sleeping in your car. So maybe there's actually a solution there. Because I did it for Bryce Canyon last summer for three nights. And it was one of the most magical, magical weekends I've spent. It was extraordinary.
1: Can you imagine, like, the sky full of stars and, you know, just, oh, the peace and the beauty of nighttime it, I mean, I think your trip sounds fantastic.
0: Well, and you know what this, this glamping tent had was a little window above where you slept that was just kind of like clear plastic that looked up onto the stars. And so when it was completely clear, you could see every star <gasps> oh. and it was a full moon. So the whole tent was illuminated by the moon oh. and you wouldn't have had that in your...
1: See, that's magical sounding. That is the kind of experience I'm chasing with my camping attempts. But I don't know, perhaps your listeners have some ideas for what I'm doing wrong or if there's a real, my issues really have more been around the weather. I don't know how to camp in bad weather. I don't know what to do. Like, how do you avoid it? What do you, when it's 100 degrees, how do you cook dinner over a fire? Or do you just eat, you know, Rice Krispie Treats. I I don't know.
0: There are places in America that aren't 100 degrees. Few and fewer as the summers (laughs) go by. But I'm interested to know, if you were going to do another one, where would it be? Where are you desperate to get to next? That you'd actually give camping a chance
1: in one more time. Yeah, I have Yosemite on my list, high on my list. That's also a hard place to get a spot. And I think you're right. I think, do not go in summer. I need to go in the shoulder seasons or in the fall. Or how crazy am I maybe in the winter, but no, I, I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. But I think um, I, I don't want to give up on it, but my experiences have just been so, so negative. And I mean, we can laugh about it now, but at the time we were not laughing. We are like, this stinks. So where do you want to go? Where's your, where's your wish for I mean, camping? I'd
0: really like to go to the Grand Canyon. But I think I'm going to have to study the weather. And yeah, that's kind of top of my list. It's a part I haven't haven't, I've yet to see it. I'd also love to go to Yellowstone. So a few places. But I hope you find the right camping destination. And I have faith you're going to do it.
1: Thank you. I do too.
0: So listeners, (laughs) if you have tips, send them to Women Who Travel. And we will pass them on to Jamie. And you're going to have to come back on and tell us about your next camping trip.
1: I mean, what if it's a huge success? I will owe it all to you and your listeners.
0: Oh, and if it's not, then it's more
1: fodder for a good story. (laughs) Well, the best travel stories are always when things go wrong, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Who's ever laughed (laughs) at a dinner party story about something going right? Right. (laughs) This was great. This was so fun. Um, Weirdly, you've made me want to go camping. (laughs) So I think it's been a success.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much for having me on.
0: Thank you. I'm Lale Arakoglu, and you can find me on Instagram at Lale Hanna. Our engineer this week is Gabe Kuroga. The show is mixed by Amar Lal. Jude Kampfner from Corporation for Independent Media is our producer. And special thanks to Jordan Bell for producing this episode. If you have a memorable travel story, write to us at womenwhotravel at cntraveller.com. Next week, as the FIFA World Cup tournament draws to a close... We hear from America's most traveled professional soccer player, who's participated in the Olympics and World Cups, and consider the journeys that players had to take across New Zealand and Australia.
1: Hi, I'm Deborah Treisman, fiction editor of The New Yorker.